all have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey. You've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And if you're curious about what it's like to be a hot wife and what it's like to be a hot wife and in an open relationship at a time like this, you're going to want to listen to today's episode. I invited real-life hot wifing couple, Brenna and Brian of Front Porch Swingers. They are the hosts of that awesome podcast to join me again on this show. We've done several episodes already about hot wifing, cuckolding, open relationships, and kink too. We added a little kink in there. We'll talk about that later. And those have been very, very popular episode. So I'm listening to what you have to say. I read all of your questions. You're asking for more episodes about hot wifing and swinging and open relationships. So here we go. Here's another one for you guys. All right. And later in today's show, I'm going to answer some questions from you, the audience, during Letters to Lexi. If you want me to give you some intellectual advice with the bonus help of my special guests or guests each week, write into me at Lexi at SDC.com. And connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. You can also check out LexiSilver.com for more info about how to reach me. Now, before we start our chat with Brenna and Brian about the ins and outs of hot wifing and much more, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you can also access the world's largest lifestyle dating platform. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free on SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So get ready to shamelessly embrace your lectuality with Brenna and Brian and I. Let me tell you a little bit more about my special guest today in case you don't know them yet, but you should. Brenna and Brian are the founders and podcasters of Front Porch Swingers, a show and blog that explores the personal experiences about this swinging and hot wifing couple. You can check out their website, frontporchswingers.com, for more info about where to listen to their podcast. Welcome back to my show, Brenna and Brian. Thank you so much for joining me again. Thanks so much for having us again, Lexi. Happy to be here. Thanks, Lexi. So you guys have been on the show before. We've had so much fun. I've learned a lot from you because, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions about hot wifing and what is a hot wife? Is it just a wife that's hot? You know, so there, I get a lot of really funny questions like that. And I know that you guys can answer that and a lot more. And for people who've never heard those other episodes that we had a chance to do together, I recommend you all go into my show archives, listen to those. But today we're going to just maybe give people a little bit of an idea about what hot wifing is if they don't already know. So I'd love to hear from you guys what you define hot wifing as and your perspective of what a hot wifing relationship should look like. Sure. So hot wifing basically consists of the female half of a couple being primarily the one that goes out and plays with other people. And it can look like a lot of different things. For us, We I primarily play with my male play partners separately from Brian. And then I come home to him and share all of the naughty details. And it's a really nice way to just spice things up between the two of us. It creates an immense amount of erotic energy. Other people 
typically play in hot wifing, the male half will be in the room. Um, so it really does depend on what the couple wants and what really turns them on, how they play. But but that's kind of the overall gist of hot wifing. I love that you, you know, clarify that a little bit because you also mentioned the whole thing about sometimes the husband or or boyfriend or male partner or you know, other partner in this situation would want to maybe be in the room while an interaction like this is going on. How is that different than cuckolding for those who don't already know? Because though you know those terms are confused all the time. Yeah, we actually just had a really great interview on our show with someone who is a cuckoldress, and she explained it in a way that I think sums it up perfectly, which is cuckolding is a different type of play. Uh, it is still a loving relationship. It still falls under the umbrella of non-monogamy, but the difference is that the cuckoldress, the female half uh, typically driving things in the relationship, is really the one going out and making the decisions about who they're going to play with, how that play is going to look. Uh, most of the time, cuckolding also involves some level of humiliation, and that is obviously consensual from all parties. Those are kind of the main differences. I would say in, in most hot wife or stag vixen relationships, which is what Brian and I identify as, the male half is very involved in the vetting process. He is equally as heard in terms of making the decisions of how play looks. For example, Brian does probably 90% of the vetting in our relationship and really makes sure that it's a safe situation and that he feels very comfortable with what's going on before play actually happens. And we should be clear, Alexa, we've also played in the situation where I've actually been in the room or an adjacent room. Uh, so that we're not, you know, opposed to that by any means. We've done that before quite a bit. We do, however, enjoy mostly where Brent is playing privately and I'm not necessarily there and I'll either come home uh, after she's had a friend over or she'll come home or whatever the case may be. And that's when we have that reconnection. Oh, tell me about that reconnection. Why is that important to do after a play session? Well, for, well, listen, we talk about this all the time. The idea of Brenna or myself or both of us playing with another couple or a single person, while we enjoy and respect the time that we have with those people, that's the cover charge for us. That's the cover charge to get to our intimacy. So all that does is really just heightens the, the entire experience for us being together. So once Brenna's been with someone else, and then it either comes home to me or I come home afterwards, potentially from work or whatever, our connection is just increased tenfold because of the experience that she just had. It's like a sexy energy bank. You're putting all of this energy in a bank to bring home to your partner, and then it just explodes when you're together. So it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, also, a lot of times I'll be at work. Uh, during, like, for example, you know, whatever the day may be that she's off and I'm at work, she'll send me pictures, I'll get audio, you know, that kind of thing. So now I'm sitting behind a desk and I'm stuck there for an additional five hours before I can get home and get to her, which is just, you know, now I've got all this pent up, you know, energy and sexual frustration. I can't wait to get, you know, get my hands on her. <laughs> what a way to build up anticipation. That's so sexy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'll be sitting in a meeting and like I have to very carefully check my phone, of course, and there'll be some picture on there that just clearly is not meant for the workplace. And I've got to kind of con you know, contain all of that while I clearly know what I'm coming home to. And so, yeah, not, not easy a lot of times. 
Oh, wow. That is so hot. I love the idea of being interrupted at work and sneakily checking my phone and getting pictures from my partner doing all kinds of dirty things. Oh, and videos. Oh, you guys. Or, or just audio sometimes. Sometimes it's simply like she'll put the phone down and I'll just hear what's going on. It, you know, Just it, a little extra tease. Yeah. It, it just drives <laughs> me crazy, you know? Oh, I love that. So when it comes to your hot wifing dynamic, a lot of it is that buildup of anticipation for you guys, you know, that communication, making sure you're both on the same page and also, you know, sharing these sexy moments together in different ways and then reaping the benefits after from all of that extra sexual energy, which is that more or less how you would define some of your dynamic? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty spot on. I think a lot of what we do is maybe an unconventional way of relationship building. constantly in communication with each other and sharing things with each other that most people are maybe intimidated to do. And the fact that we have built the type of relationship where we can do that freely is just, it's a, it's pretty special. Yeah. It's a, you know, it really, most people, you know, in couple, in relationships anyway, male and female in a relationship, what are the two things you, you fight about, right? You fight about money or infidelity. Well, we're partners in business and in life. So, you know, what's mine is hers and what's hers is mine. And when it comes to the relationship piece, you know, infidelity doesn't even factor in. There is no such thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, one of us wants to play, we do with the other's consent, of course. So that piece of it doesn't even, you know, it's not even in the fold. I love that. And, you know, you're talking about your, uh, the fact that you're in an open relationship that, you know, hot wifing is also a type of open relationship out of the multiple different definitions involved in consensual non-monogamy. And, you know, there are the open relationships look like a lot of different things. And even as you guys said before, you know, hot wifing can be different things to different people. Or if you didn't say that before, you said that on a previous podcast or, you know, in general. So I just think it's important for people who are listening, who might, you know, be listening to this and saying like, wow, Wow, that's intense, you know, you can make that whatever you want for yourself. And as you're getting started in this, as I'm sure we'll get some tips from uh, Brenna and Brian afterwards about uh, how you can get started uh, in a hot wifing relationship, I think it's just important to know that you can make design it however it is comfortable for you and your partner or partners that are involved. So, um, so yeah, thank you for specifying that. And as far as open relationships go, I love it. I like the unconventional part of your relationship. Relationship, and I also fall into that kind of uh, dynamic as well. So I absolutely love it. And I love that you're sharing your stories too. There are not a lot of people who share their personal stories when it comes to their sexual adventures. And I mean, as, as you know, I like doing that as well. I like talking about my sexual adventures. When you are playing with your partners and stuff like that, do they always know that they are eventually going to get talked about anonymously on your podcast? Do they listen later to find out the juicy details of what you're really thought? Yeah, I mean, so yes, we obviously always gain consent before we're talking <laughs> about people on the show. I think people have different reactions to it. I, For example, uh, my regular male playmate loves listening to the show. I think it's almost kind of a sexy buildup for him for the next time we see each other. And I think he's kind of proud of it to some degree because he's always you know, talked about in a very flattering light. Other people, you know, they don't necessarily want to listen and and hear themselves talked about on the show, but they agree to let us do so. I think, you know, the great thing about the majority of the people we've encountered in the lifestyle period, not just people we talk about on the show, although they're definitely included in this, is you find a lot of people who have a lot of pride in in their lifestyle. And they 
they have no problem being upfront and honest about their sexual encounters, which is, it's really refreshing. Yeah, it is so refreshing. And uh, I think that's so awesome. I know that for people who know that I've written about them in mating season and other stories are like, yeah, there you go. Our story was immortalized in there. That's awesome. I, I think that's really hot. I love that. I love that we have that in common right now. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. So how does kink factor into your relationship? Because you guys are a kinky bunch. I have, uh, you've told me some stories and, you know, that has a whole other dynamic to the fact that you are in an open relationship and Brenna, you're a hot wife and on top of that, you're also super kinky. So tell me about how all of these beautiful factors all play together. Well, I actually think, so we started off in the world of BDSM before we got into non-monogamy, which I think we talked about in a previous episode with you. But I think it really set us up for success being in a non-monogamous relationship because in the world of kink, there's so much communication, so much negotiation that's going on. And that fed into our non-monogamous dynamic very, very well. I will also say that most of our regular play partners are also kinky folks because I think <laughs> for us, it's not a necessity in our play. It's not something that we have to have in order to feel a connection or to enjoy sex, but it's just that extra spice on top that it's like, if that's an option, why would we not go there? So we've had a lot of fun with that. I actually have a play partner that I see somewhat regularly, not during this time, obviously, but in normal life and we've been switching a lot. So he's been topping me and then I'm topping him. And that's created a whole different dynamic. When I come home to Brian, he actually noticed it before I did, but he would say things like, well, when I'm, when I, Brenna am topping this other person, I come home and I'm just drained. I, I kind of just give all of my sexual uh, control over to him in that moment because I've already expended a lot of that with my other play partner. And you would think it doesn't, sound sexy, but it actually really is because I become even more submissive to Brian in that moment than I usually am. And so it's, it's really fun and interesting to just play with those different dynamics and experience very different things based on different situations, which a lot of people don't get to explore. And we do. Yeah. It's really like that, that energy transference. Once she's topped her partner and then come home to me while, you know, she's, she had that more top energy with him she's completely drained of it. And I, I really reap the benefits of that for sure from both her and he once she's gotten <laughs> home to me. And our regular female playmate who I also play with alone is very much a sub. So after I've played with her and then come home to Brenna, I'm, I, I mean, I just want more of it. So she really, I could think benefits from that as well. And then her whole sub role takes another whole nother level, you know? Oh, wow. I just love how all of these different elements of your very unique relationship play into each other to just add extra spice. And I want to talk about that in a little bit more too. Also about, you know, now that we are in a social distancing world for the time being, you know, some of us more or less than others. Um, I'd love to hear some of the ways that you guys are managing this new situation with your super kinky lifestyle. So right now I'm just going to let all of you listeners know a little bit about the world's largest adult sex education platform, sdc.com, where you can find loads of information about sex, health, and relationships. Watch videos, listen to podcasts, and read articles from professionals all around the world, like Dr. Jess, Marla Stewart, Dr. Elizabeth Sheff, John and Jackie Melfi of Open Love 101, Dr. Jamie M. Grant, 
and many more SDC contributors, including Brenna and Brian over here. As a bonus, I'll add my name to the list because you can also find lots of lectual resources on SDC.com, including all of my podcast episodes. So we were just talking about the very unique dynamic that Brenna and Brian have going on, which I, I'm just... I. I love hearing these stories from you guys every time I have you on the show. Maybe it's one of the reasons I always want you back. I'm like, I want to hear what's new and exciting. Now with social distancing, unfortunately, a lot of us who are sequestered with our own partners, our nesting partners, it is still a little bit tough to start feeling a little bit spicy or, you know, want to really explore the bounds of our open relationships with other people because, you know, when are we going to really see them, you know? So it's, it is a little bit of a rough time for us non-monogamous, I would say. How are you guys handling everything? We're trying to see the whole thing as a positive. We've definitely spent a lot more time working on our own relationship during this time. And I think the other thing that we've done that I'm, I'm proud of us for is we've spent a lot more time communicating with our regular play partners. I I think in the past it was like we would drive to their house and have fun and then we'd leave and then we wouldn't really talk to them until the next time that we set up plans and now all of a sudden we find ourselves delving into conversations with them more discussing wants and needs and desires so a lot of times it fuels things for us personally but it also keeps that connection alive with the people that matter to us because we're very lucky in that we've created good relationships and this has been a relationship building time for us for sure. And, you know, for us personally, we've, we've set certain time aside, right? Like when in normative life, we have date night, right? Mm -hmm. So we've continued to do that even during this time. So, you know, Brenna gets dressed up and I'll get dressed up. I'll make dinner and then we'll have, you know, cocktails. We'll, we'll just, we have a regular date light like, like, like we normally would. On top of which, we also each choose one day out of the week where anything sexual we want to do is on the table. So uh, tomorrow actually is my day, so it'll be very interesting. Stay tuned. So, uh, you know, we're just keeping things interesting and spicing it up and breaking some of the stuff up out of the toy chest that's at the bottom that we haven't seen in a while, uh, you know, just keeping it uh, interesting. I love what you mentioned too about, you know, connecting with other people, staying connected with your lovers and the, your play partners because, I, you know... It is really, really tough. And I think that, you know, for some people, they're shying away from things like online dating or just, you know, communicating with the regular play partners because, you know, when are you going to see them again? It's kind of, it's kind of hard to like build up a tease and then it's like, oh my God, when am I going to get that release? But you are building up all that anticipation. So whenever it is that you will be freed from captivity, as I like to say, free to do whatever you want with whomever you want, then you can uh, explore that build up that anticipation patient. And much like, you know, what Brian was saying about, you know, feeling like he's about to explode before he comes home to see Brenna, um, you're going to feel that way with your play partners by the time we are done with this. So use this time for seducing people. What are you guys doing as far as staying connected to your play partners in a sexy way? Are you sharing videos together? Are you camming? Are those the kinds of things that you do slash would recommend for other people to try with their play partners? 
Uh, taking a lot of photos, not necessarily videos. I, I think a lot of people are doing videos right now in that, uh, you know, Skype, Zoom type dates with other people, which I think is so sexy. Um, I think, you know, not necessarily my <laughs> favorite thing to do. In fact, I didn't really like sexting or taking sexy photos and sending them off before this because to me, it's like I'm all about that in-person connection. Mm -hmm. And then when that's taken away, things are kind of prioritized and you really have to learn new skills and, and, you know, maybe go outside of your comfort zone a little bit. So I think that that's uh, definitely been a learning lesson for me personally during this time. Um, the sexting has been really interesting because like I said, there wasn't a lot of that going on before. And now all of a sudden I'm finding myself just becoming so much more creative and coming up with these scenarios and sharing all of these sexy details with people that I, I never would have done something like that before. So it's really kind of expanding my horizons to a certain degree. Sure. And the digital piece it really has changed everything for us. We do a digital hangout with our patrons, the patrons of our show. And while at first I wasn't hundred percent sure how I felt about it because it wasn't really my thing either. I really liked that one-on-one -on -one personal connection, the digital hangouts we look forward to. So now it's us and you know, 10 couples and a few singles just talking and drinking and everybody's naked by the time the thing is over. And you know, it's just a really good time. Well, even when it's not naked and you're just able to sit and look at somebody and, you know, be able to kind of share in their energy and be able to talk about things with, with people who understand you like lifestylers understand other lifestylers. It's really, it's a pretty therapeutic experience. Yeah, Cathartic for sure. Ooh, I love that. And I love that people could do that. Okay, great. So you become a patron of Brenna and Brian's and then you will be able to partake in these virtual parties. It sounds like really a lot of fun. And those are great ways to stay connected to people. And, you know, that getting creative and coming up with, you know, new fantasies or, or potential scenarios, this is a great time to do that. You know, I everyone who's listening to the show has heard me before, you know that I'm all into exploring creative scenarios and exploring your lectuality, if you will, and trying new things out, whether it's just, you know, yourself solo or with a partner or multiple partners. So this is a really good opportunity to do that. And as Brennan and Brian were saying before to, you know, maybe work on your relationship a bit and invest that time back into date nights. So, you know, you guys mentioned that you were doing your weekly date nights and also your uh, anything goes sex days. That's so hot. I love it. Can you give some examples or maybe some creative ideas for people lacking inspiration for some sexy date nights that they could do at home that might be a little bit outside the box. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for people that have more time on their hands right now, I think really setting the stage. So, you know, lighting candles and really paying attention to all five senses setting up playrooms. A lot of times people will go into their bedroom and it's like you go straight to sex. This is a time that you can really be setting the mood lighting and having, you know, nice smelling things in the room. So that's something we've really been working on. I will also say toys. I mean, we're such a huge fan of toys, so I know we're a little bit biased in this, but you know, there's so many different scenarios and, and ways that you can play with your partner just by adding, you know, three or four toys to your repertoire. So uh, I think getting on surfing and finding some really interesting ones that maybe you wouldn't have tried before, but you can use the time now to, to experiment with is a great idea. What else? Yeah. And I mean, really taking some personal interest in your appearance a lot of times. I mean, some folks, some of the guys for sure that I know that are just now coming kind of back to work and 
you know, I haven't shaved in two weeks, you know, I haven't changed my t-shirt. It's like, come on, dude, you know, I mean, you can have I get it, you're at home, but run a bath, you know, put on a clean set of clothes, you know, br brush your hair, shave your face, you know, and really make an effort as if you're, you know, you're going out and you're taking your lady out on the town. I really think all those things, like Brenna said, the five senses, incorporating all of that is just, it makes a huge difference, right? It's it just put, taking the extra step. Yeah. And dressing up makes you feel good. We can all wear yoga pants or leggings around the house all day. Anyone can do that. That's fine. But putting on something that makes you feel sexy and confident, and that's a little bit different than like your everyday wardrobe, whether it's a date night or just the middle of the day, because why the hell not? Then do it. You know, it'll make you feel good. And it does, you know, I will say when my partner, my nesting partner, who I'm doing this quarantine with, when he does, you know, put a little bit more attention into what he's wearing, it is sexier. It's like, oh, I just want to rip that off of you. I know that's counter the idea of putting on clothes to take them off, but you know, it works. <laughs> that's why we put on clothes. Listen, even if you're just building a fort in the living room with blankets and, and you know, and popping popcorn and watching a movie, you got to take, you got to make some effort, you know? Yeah, definitely. Really, really good tips. And I want to go into that a little bit more in a minute. I just want to take a really quick breather. And, you know, I was talking about erotic stories before and how I like to share mine. And if you don't already know, I published my book, Mating Season. You're going to want to pick up a copy of that if you haven't already. A lot of my real life stories infused with a bunch of fantasies as well. And you can pick up your copy at LexiSilver.com or Amazon or Amazon Kindle. The name of my book is Mating Season, Erotic Short Stories. If you get a copy of Mating Season before my event, Cocktails and Erotic Tales, then you will have free entry into that. So check out LexiSilver.com for more details. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. We are just going to get back to talking about hot wifing and kinking and being open and awesome, especially when you are not necessarily feeling super sexy at a time like this. So if you want to take that hot wifing dynamic that you guys have enjoyed so much when you are able to physically play with other people, what are some ways that maybe you can still incorporate some of that excitement and anticipation of that hot wife dynamic using your other play partners? Well, not using in a negative way. With your play partners, being incorporating them into the mix somehow to kind of have some of those stimulating aspects of that hot wifing dynamic that you guys share. Yeah, I think a lot of people are doing that virtually right now. I know that, you know, setting up those kind of threesome encounters, we've had many friends in the lifestyle who have, who have done that with their regular play partners still. Uh, for us, you know, like I said, it's mostly been texting and I'll show Brian kind of those naughty texts and that fuels things for us. Honestly, I think the biggest piece of it has been reliving the past experiences with people. So we, and it's created a lot of interesting conversations between the two of us after play too. But during play, I can say, do you remember this sexy time that this happened? And immediately it increases that intensity between the two of us and just, uh, you know, sparks things and, and gets us back to a level of, you know, being in that very sexual mindset. So I think that's been our biggest piece of during this time for sure also i should say there have been a number of times where when brenda's with a, a play partner you know and she's taking pictures and whether it's video or audio she will hold some of those pictures back for a later date which is perfect for situations like this because i mean just a, about a week ago 
we're, you know, we're hanging out, we're getting ready to start play. And she shows me some pictures that I had never seen before <laughs> of an encounter that she had with someone, of course, that I know, but I was not familiar with the pictures. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, I was, I was saving those for a rainy day. Well, it's fucking pouring now. So now's <laughs> the time to break out the pictures. It was phenomenal. What a great idea. You're just hoarding these in your stocks. Oh my God. I love yeah, it. You never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> you never know when they're going to come in handy. You're right, Brian. It is pouring. Now it is. It is yeah, it is fucking pouring. It's time. It's the time yeah. for to share these photos. I will say that sometimes when I do my sexy photo shoots, I usually take extra, a lot of extra pictures because I mean, I'm going to need to use them at some point. And now I'm busting them out like crazy because I don't have a nice professional setup. I just have a whole stock of photos that I waited for posting. So I'm happy I did those reserves. Those are great ideas too for, you know, text messages or sex or, you know, mini videos that your partners might send you. I've been receiving a couple very sexy wins lately. I'm very happy about those. Creativity that you were talking about, people are becoming more and more creative during a time like this. Those sex that you were mentioning, having writing skills is not a necessity to be able to write a good sext and to be able to get someone intrigued. I have a bunch of sexting 101 tips on my website, LexiSilver.com. It is, I think, one of the most popular blogs that I've ever written. People need this during a time like this. We all need to have something to resort to. I like to think of sexting as like writing little mini erotic stories to a designated person. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you guys are doing this great job of connecting and it seems like you're both really on the same page as far as your sex drive goes during a time like this. Um, and I do some coaching for couples who are in the lifestyle and I've been hearing from some of my coaching clients that one partner is having a really rough time getting their libido up to where their other partners is and then they end up feeling really bad that they can't really satisfy those needs that their partner has and no one else can satisfy them now either because they're not able to go out and play. What advice or recommendations might you have for couples who are dealing with those kinds of desire incongruities at a time like this? I mean, I think the biggest thing is communication about it. I think it's even in the lifestyle, something like mismatched libidos is it's kind of a topic that people shy away from and they don't want to talk about it because it's a vulnerable subject and, and depending on how it's received and communicated back to you, it can be kind of a hurtful one as well. So I think the biggest one is just being able to be open and honest with your partner. Sometimes I know even in our relationship, we do have, you know, decently matched sex drives, but there have been times where, you know, I've been ravenous and Brian's been stressed at work and we have to just deal with that and be very honest with each other about it. You know, I think the other great thing is masturbation. It's something that, you know, Brian was working basically throughout this entire time or has been. I spent almost a month at home. And so I had all of this time on my hands by myself, you know, without options to leave the house. And the truth of the matter is masturbation saved me in so many ways. It just made me happy. And by the time he came home, I wasn't clinging to him and needy for that attention because I was really able to explore some of that, you know, sexuality on my own and, and build it for myself. So I think those are the two biggest things I would say. And then the other thing is, I think you have to designate time together. Brian was mentioning this at the beginning, but we have set times throughout the week. I mean, we have sex every night, but those set nights are we plan something, we do something in addition to what we normally do. And I think if you can really plan ahead and get yourself in a good mental headspace 
ahead of time for those things, it's a lot easier to do versus on a whim, just, you know, trying to will yourself to feel sexy. Yeah, those, you know, that the, I think the adverse uh, kind of libidos, you know, where's that, how is it, what's manifesting that? Like, where does it come from? I think is the first question you've got to address. For us, like Brenna said, she was home alone for a month during the day, for the most part, 12 hours a day while I'm at work and my schedule was crazy. So by the time I got home, depending on what I was doing, fortunately, she had already masturbated three or four times and then we we're all on the same page. So, you know, sex is great. But I think you really do have to, you've got to have date night. You have to set times to be together and forget everything else. It's easy to get caught up in the work and in the projects and, you know, all the stuff you've got kids. to do around the house and you know, kids, if that's, an, if that's an issue, you've got to set that time for yourselves. And I can only imagine right now, if you know, those folks who are quarantined with children at home cannot be making it easy for sexy time, but you've got to figure that out. You know, you've got to make time for each other and really stick to it. That's the key is sticking to it. Yeah. And that element of planning, some people think it takes away the spontaneity. Planning some time, setting some time aside for you and your partner. Let's say it's Thursday night at eight o'clock or whatever time that you guys decide. You build up anticipation for that time. You might take extra time and backtrack and be like, okay, well, I need an hour to put on my cutest dress and to find the shoes that I want to wear that match this outfit and put on my makeup. Or maybe that's just me talking right now because like I spend a lot of time thinking about those kinds of things when I'm going on a date. That is an exciting thing. And then by the time you're actually with your partner during your date, it is more smooth. And so far as you know what's going on, you know where what you're eating theoretically or how the plan is going to go for the night. And then you could just unwind and relax together. It, I think it's still a very sexy thing to plan a date. Some people are not really of that mindset, but I think it really is. Well, the truth is, if, as long as you have a time and a date, that's all you need to know. Be dressed appropriately and I'll take care of the rest. Yeah, you, know, you so can alternate still some the planning. Yeah, yeah, there's still some mystery there. So she has no idea what's planned for tomorrow. You know, Ooh. she just knows it's going down. That's it. <laughs> you guys are evil between Brian cooking up like this whole kinky, mysterious night and Brenna withholding photos until the most opportune time to share them with you. You guys yeah. are evil. <laughs> you got to have kind of a wicked streak, I think. You got to keep it interesting. You, know, but you can always keep a level of mystery, you know. We know we're going to be hooked. You know, we're going to get together at 8 o'clock be dressed, be ready to go. And by the way, you have no idea what's in store. So there's the mystery. You know, no one, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's a little bit of a surprise. Oh, that's so sexy. I love that. Oh man. Well, you guys have been giving us some great advice and I'd love to know if you can help give some insight to some of the audience members who have written in with their questions about open relationships. And I selected a couple from the batch because there's always a, quite a batch of questions between all of the socials and emails. So thank you all for writing in. This is time for Letters to Lexi, during which I'm going to give you the shameless, no bullshit answer your friends might not have, the titanium ovaries or balls of steel to tell you. No question is ever too taboo or queer or weird, so don't be shy. I love getting your messages. Keep sending them in. Lexi at sdc.com and connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. So I've chosen three questions. 
questions. I hope we can get through these ones. We should have enough time. So the first letter is from Jane. Hi, Lexi. My husband and I are open and he calls me his hot wife. He's always told me he finds it hot to watch me with other men, even if he's not around. I'm happy to play with other men on my own, but I feel a bit weird about sharing videos and photos with my husband. How can I get over that and make the experience more enjoyable for him? So... That's a really interesting question. Brenda was saying before, different people in different kinds of relationships and you know, different hot wives don't always have to do exactly the same thing. So if your husband did request you know, photos or videos and you're just feeling a little bit shy, maybe you've never taken a video before, is that maybe a reason you might be a little bit shy? You know, you could start small. You don't have to send like a whole batch of stuff. Maybe just try like one picture. Maybe it doesn't have to be like a super explicit picture. You can work your way up. I think the important thing is just communicating to your husband that while you're happy to do all of these like sexy things and stuff that maybe right now you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable about it and like to ask him to maybe be patient while you see, you know, how it goes, how you start feeling about this. And if you feel really uncomfortable sharing photos and videos with your husband, then talk to him about that too and see if maybe that is something that is necessary for him. Maybe audio would be less uh, visual and maybe still sexy for him if that's a compromise you can reach. It's really up to the both of you and you won't really know until you talk to each other about it. What do you think, Brenda and Brian? Yeah, I would also say I wonder if it's just an issue of, you know, not feeling super comfortable in front of the camera to begin with during those intimate times. So maybe the two of them, as in the two partners, could start doing that together so that there's that comfort that's established ahead of time before she's then trying to do it with somebody that she doesn't have the same level of trust and comfort with. Yeah, and for me, I got to tell you, when it comes to photos, yes, I've gotten some real explicit photos from my partner while she's been naughty and playing away from me. But some of the hottest photos I've gotten, honestly, I remember one distinctly when she was out of town and she, was, she actually was wearing thigh highs. And all it was was a picture of someone else's hand on her thigh with thigh highs on. That's all the picture was. So real innocuous, but in and of itself, in and of itself, very sexy. So like Brenna said, if it's a situation where she's uncomfortable potentially with how she appears in photos or how she thinks she appears in photos, something just as simple as that is enough to get the juices flowing to start with for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be something like XXX rated, you know? Yeah. I like that. I yeah, think it's an anticipatory piece of it, right? Like I know she's going to have sex. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it really depends on whatever the boundaries are that, you know, you guys are able to set for yourselves. And as long as everyone is enjoying themselves and feeling comfortable, I think that's what's important. So just communicating to the point that you will both get what you want out of it and feel good about it too. So yeah. Okay. So next letter is from Rosa. I'm a swinger and have been in quarantine for well over a month now. Yep, me too. Same here. Just before my boyfriend and I began isolating together, we were on a spree of hot orgies and lots of sex. And now my man's sex drive is at zero. I'm super horny still. How can I get some satisfaction at a time like this? So we offered some tips before about how you could connect with other people during a time like this. Um... I get that it's super hard because all of a sudden your sexual energy has to be contained. You were out there exploring orgy, sex, awesome, good for you. You'll get there. You'll get back there eventually. For now, you know, let's harness that sexual energy into something that can work for you now. Um, maybe assemble 
all of these play partners and create a very sexy Zoom slash other platform that allows for sex gangbang slash orgy, where you can have multiple people and multiple couples if you want, just all playing together at the same time. It would be a feast for the eyes. I know it's not the same as, you know, being played with and physically playing with someone. You can also maybe purchase a toy, for example, like a uh, a Wii Vibe or another remote controllable toy that you can use and maybe give access to one of your partners or have several toys. You can get really creative with this and give access to different partners for different toys and then just have all of these like Bluetooth or wireless devices like vibrating all over you, in you, all around you, whatever. Um, you could do stuff like that. That's as interactive as it probably gets right now, unfortunately. But those are just a couple of ideas for things that you can do. And you know, if you're still really, really horny, try channeling that energy in writing erotic stories about scenarios that you might want to eventually do or sexting your lovers about stuff that you want to do to them. And, you know, reconnecting with your partner too is really important because even if their sex drive is very low, you still need to have intimacy with each other. And I think that to me is like a red flag of this whole situation is that some partners are missing that intimacy. Maybe they're home with the kids and they're tired, they don't have time for sex, but they think that sex and intimacy are exactly the same. And you could have intimacy without penetration or without sex. So maybe discuss with your, you know, your partner, what is it that you guys can do together that will still make, that will satisfy that need for intimacy. And also, you know, that need that you have to be physical or sexual with him. Maybe if he doesn't want to have full on sex, maybe you could masturbate in front of him. If that's something that might be sexy for you or have him assist in that masturbation. If that's something that you guys can do together or, you know, have him watch as somebody else stimulates you with one of those um, like vibrating toys that I mentioned before. Those are just a couple of little things, little tips, but there's no one solution for this. So maybe try all of them and let me know what, what ends up working for you, Rosa. What do you think, Brenna and Brian? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the sex drive issues happening right now, just based on speaking to a lot of lifestylers is, or people in general, I should say, is it's very stress related as well. So if you can find ways to de-stress together, like you said, that are still intimate. Things like taking a bath together. That's something Brian and I have been doing a lot lately. It's not even necessarily a sexual thing. It's just drawing that hot bath, sitting with each other. You know, he's rubbing my hair or my shoulders and being able to just take that quiet time together can really increase your desire to be intimate with your partner. Yeah, and I agree with you, Lexi. Sex and intimacy are not synonymous any more than love and sex are for that matter. I think there's a lot of different ways to help your partner really get that, get their mojo back, right? I mean, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's people are just kind of not in a great headspace because of all the stuff that's going on. You can certainly work toward that um, and just really try all those different things. I love the idea of the remote control toys. We use them all the time, like when Brenda's at a state for that matter. I mean, we'll be in separate states and I can manipulate that thing. It's super hot. So if that's an option, I'm, I'm all about it for sure. Anything you can do that's outside the box right now, because we're not living in a normal world. So you've got to be creative. Absolutely. I think the, uh, the underlying slogan of this episode is get creative, perverts. <laughs> yeah, totally. Get pervert, pervert juices flowing. You've got to figure this thing out. <laughs> well, we're in the right place for that. And people are in the right place for hearing tips about that. So, okay. So I have one last letter from Vince. 
my wife really wants to go and explore sex with other men. And I think that's hot. And actually, I have no problem with it. But I'm concerned about her physical safety when it comes to meeting men without me. What do you recommend we do for safety? So super legit question. I'm so happy I have you guys here because so, you know, there are a lot of different things. I am in a non-monogamous relationship. I have a nesting partner. I'm a single woman and I often play alone. Okay. So as someone who does often play alone, some of the things that I and my partner watch out for, it's the same whether it's a hot wifing relationship or just people who play alone and maybe they don't tell each other all the details. There's different layers to this, but generally my partner always knows where I'm going He always has contact information of some sort for the person that I am with, whether they've ever communicated or not. For me personally, sometimes I like keeping that a mystery, but I always provide information if like to, to make sure that he knows exactly where I am and what time I should be approximately coming home and who else I might be with. If, for example, I'm going to a sex club. Okay, what are, who are my other friends who might be there? People he could rely on and track back and be able to find me if needed. Also... I'm very careful. If you are going on a date with someone you've you've met for only the first time, but in my opinion, okay, as a single woman, again, personal safety, I'm also five feet tall, okay? So I really, there are a lot of things to have to be, you know, careful for in my case. Not getting into the car with someone that you've never met is important. If you're going to go on a date somewhere and meet at a bar, you get there on your own. Always have your own mode of transportation. Always have money for a cab or an Uber. Keep your phone on you. Make sure it's fully charged at all times. Always have a credit card if you need a backup of some kind. And, you know, if you do have, I, I know, okay, obviously condoms, so I'm not going to have to go into that whole kind of protection conversation. But, you know, a perfume bottle with something with alcohol in it that you could spray in someone's eyes in a jiffy that is not mace, but it will still be effective enough to flee. Or a bright light of sorts. If you have a, I have a flashlight that has a super bright beam that you shine it directly in someone's eyes, they'll be blinded really, really fast and you'll have enough time to evade and get away, theoretically, okay? Okay, in a lot of cases. So as a single woman playing in the lifestyle, these are some things that I have done that have helped make me feel safer, help my partner feel better about the fact that I'm going out and playing alone. And so far, so good. So I think it also helps to tell your potential play partner that you have someone else who knows exactly where you are and that they don't try to fuck around. So I think that really helps that they understand that whatever happens, that somebody else is aware that you are out, that nothing is happening in secret, right? So informing on somebody else, informing your partner or a friend even, if you don't want your partner to know for whatever reason, inform somebody that you're out. So I think that's really important. And your partner has to feel good about you going out and playing alone. So directed directly to Vince, make sure your partner is doing all of those kinds of things and make sure that you're both on the same page. You know, Brenda and Brian were talking before about Brian vets everybody who comes into their their life potentially, any potential play partners. Do you guys want to speak to that a little bit more about how you operate when it comes to safety? Yeah, we don't necessarily do the random hookup thing for that reason, at least not when, when hot way thing. Uh, not only because we like the connection that we can develop with people, that's, that adds to it for us, but also from a safety perspective, Brian wants to be able to sit across from that person before I play with them alone and get a sense for them and explain what the safety protocols are going to look like, get their contact information. All of that is setting the stage for them to know that I have someone who has my protection in mind at all times. And 
you know, it, granted, it's it has not been an issue up to this point, thankfully. But you know, I, I think you, Brian, setting that tone right from the beginning really does help immensely. Yeah, for me, you know, and we have a very again very open, obviously, relationship. Brenda can play with whomever she likes. My only concern is that that person knows that I exist. I know how to find you. Uh, you know, I know your phone number. I got your address if she's going to your house. I know the car you're driving. I know all those things. If Brenda's going to meet someone, she always meets them in a place that we are familiar with, where there are people that we know and will recognize her, that kind of thing. We did have one situation where Brenda wanted to surprise me, and she made plans with a single gentleman. I did not have the opportunity to vet him. She vetted him online herself, had a number of, you know, a couple of weeks worth of contact. We went out of town. She was to meet him at the hotel lobby bar. She told him very clearly that I was going to be in the area, but I would not necessarily meet him face to face. So he absolutely knew that I was there the entire time, just didn't know where. So there's always a safety protocol in place of some kind. And particularly for a gentleman like this, I think his name was Vince. Yes. Uh, if he's concerned about her safety, especially when starting out, don't be afraid to set those protocols in place. You know, as you get more comfortable, you can kind of determine what your boundaries will be going forward. But in the immediate, go with your instinct. And if something feels wrong, it probably is. And stay on top of it. Yeah, use your, I was going to say woman's intuition. In this case, <laughs> just use your intuition uh, when yeah. it comes to that. It works often. If someone yeah, seems absolutely. fishy, probably are. There's probably some kind of red flag that you're maybe not processing, but unconsciously there's some mismatch of information somewhere where something's not quite sitting right with you. So if you feel that yeah. way at all, yeah. It's like a business kind of introduction, right? You meet somebody for the first time, at least for me. If you don't look me in the eye, you don't shake my hand firmly, you don't look at me when you speak to me, I, I instantly don't trust you. And I'm not going to trust you with the most valuable thing in my life, certainly. So if you can't get past that, uh, we're not going any further. This is it. Oh, that's sweet. And it's also true. It's also very, very true. Well, thank you for sharing those tips, you guys. I really appreciate that. I know Vince does too. And so do our other audience members who wrote in for Letters to Lexi. And that wraps up this week's Letters to Lexi. If you want me to answer your question next week about sex or relationships, email me at Lexi at SDC.com or find me at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y in all the places on social media. Now, if that's how you can reach me, how can people reach you and listen to your awesome podcast after this? Please go and listen to Brenna and Brian's podcast, Front Porch Swingers, after this. Go ahead, guys. Tell us how we can, we can hear all the good things, all the sure. dirty things. <laughs> we put out a weekly episode, many of which are very, you know, naughty situations that we have found ourselves in. So we hope you'll come along on that journey with us. And you can find our podcast on any podcast app or at frontporchswingers.com. And we're also on social media, both Twitter and Instagram at FP Swingers. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today again. That's it for this week's episode, my lectual friends. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget that you could learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek, discover, and connect at sdc.com. Use my promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC and try it out for yourself. And tune in live Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you can always get my podcast episodes on demand whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. We 
appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality. 